you'll open your Bibles with me this morning, we're going to be turning to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 22. Start reading at the first verse. Maybe you'd like to change your position for a moment and stand while we read. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. And he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. And Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey, and the lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here I am. My son, and he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering. And the two of them went together. Then they came to the place which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. And he said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. May God add his blessing to the reading of the word. Heavenly Father, we just pray for your anointing right now. We pray, God, that this word, which is forever settled in heaven, this word, which is life, this word, which is truth, might be applied to us here today. And God, that our hearts would be tender and open to the moving of your spirit, that the truth that comes from the spirit this morning would penetrate our lives, and that God, all of us, would receive from your hand this morning that manna from heaven which would feed our souls, for we ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
I read this, and I've read it many, many times, and I have to say to myself, Abraham, how could you? How could you do such a thing? And as a father, I find it very, very difficult to really grasp and to understand how Abraham could be so obedient to God when God was asking such a tremendous thing of, of uh, Abraham. He had waited 25 years for the fulfillment of a promise and everything was tied up in this child. Everything depended on this child. And all I can say is, Abraham, how could you? And as we probe the life of Abraham, I find three reasons here. And I'd like to share those reasons with you this morning that I believe that these three reasons is why Abraham could do what he had to do. The first one is, I believe that he believed in the wisdom of God. He believed that God was all wise. God was all knowing. He believed that God had a plan for his life. And because God had a plan for his life and God's will and God's plans are all perfect, because they stem from the fact of who God is, God is infinite in his wisdom. God is infinite in his righteousness. God is infinite in his holiness. God is infinite in his truth. God is infinite in his goodness. God is infinite in his love. And God cannot go against his own attributes. And therefore, this plan, which is perfect, and this plan that God had for Abraham could not include anything evil. God's ways are all perfect. That's what it says over in Psalm 18, verse 30. God's ways are perfect. The Apostle Paul called God's will perfect. And if you'll turn to Romans 12... Reading from verse 1 and 2, and many of you have put it to memory, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, 
that you may prove what? That which is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Paul is saying, I want you to present yourself to God. It's, after all, he gave everything for you. It's only reasonable that you should give yourself for him. That's reasonable, isn't it? If Christ gave everything for you, then you ought to give everything for him. Reasonable. And as you do this, you will prove that which is good and perfect and acceptable will of God. You're going to prove that his will is, his will for your life is perfect. God has a plan for your life this morning. And it's a perfect plan. Now, you can have that which is less than perfect. You can have your plan for your life. But it's not going to amount to that which is God's plan. God has a perfect plan. And I think that a lot of us miss out we take that which is good and miss out on God's best. God wants the best for your life. And the best thing that could happen to anyone in here this morning is that they should be conformed into the image of his dear son. That every one of us would become like Jesus. That's the perfect will of God, that I should be like Jesus. See, God isn't all that concerned about whether you're a school teacher or, uh, uh, or whether you work for ghouls pumps or uh, whether you're working for, for a knitting mill. God, God isn't, you know, that's not it. But God has a perfect plan for your life and he allows you to make some of the decisions. God had a perfect plan for my life and one day as I was driving along and I, I've told many of you how I used to drive along in my little Volkswagen and and I'd praise the Lord and so forth. One day, God did something in that little Volkswagen. As I was traveling along, he kind of took me back over my life. And as I went back in the spirit, I could see how God had a plan for my life and how even with me fighting against it, he was even using those things to bring me to the point that I am now. And he's still using my mistakes to make things right. He makes all things work together for good for them that love God and who are called according to his purpose.
Now, God has a perfect plan for your life this morning, and you can refuse to turn your life over to God. And when you do that, you're saying, God really doesn't know what he's doing. I've got a better plan. And there's a lot of people that think that way. I know what's best for my life. After all, I'm the one that's living it. But the truth of the matter is that we don't know what's best for us. If I was going to have my Buick worked on, the best people to go to to have it worked on is the one who designed it. I mean, they know every piece of that vehicle, the one that designed it, and he would be most qualified to work on it. And that's the way with God. God designed us. God knows all about us. God knows what it's going to take. He knows my personality. He knows my desires. He knows my inner thoughts. And he is most qualified to bring out the best in me. And some people have to learn that they can't travel in the wrong direction and reach the right destination. There's a lot of people who want to go to heaven, but they want to live like the devil. You've got to make a decision. Either I want God's will and his plan and I'm going to do it his way regardless of what things look like or I'm going to do it my way or I'm going to follow the devil's plan. And you need to make up your mind. You know, I guess I've mentioned it before that sitting straddle a fence is a very uncomfortable position, especially if it was a barbed wire fence. It will tear you up. And these people that are sitting straddle the fence, their life is forever torn up. They're unsettled. They can't find peace. When you're going your way rather than God's way, you're going the wrong way. God is looking for obedience. And most of us are rebels. And it's the hardest lesson to learn. Do you know God had to put 22 years, put me in the military for 22 years so that I could learn to be obedient? Most of the problems I had in the military was because I didn't want to follow orders. I kicked and I scratched and I fought it all the way. And three or four years before retiring, I was still clawing and scratching and refusing to obey. I, I had officers that pulled their hair out 
They just couldn't deal with someone like me. Until Jesus got a hold of my heart. And that makes a difference. Hallelujah. We've got to learn obedience. And Abraham was no different. His whole life, just go over it sometime, was a process of learning to obey. You don't, you don't start out following God's will perfectly. And that's why he doesn't give it all to you at once. It'd blow you away anyway. He starts out and little by little reveals his will and his plan for your life. If you'll do this, then I'll do that. If you'll do this, then I'll do that. And he keeps you going. And you've got to walk with God every day. He walks with me and he talks with me, the song we sang there. We have to learn obedience. You see, and the second thing here is I believe Abraham believed God's promises. He not only believed God was wiser than he was, he believed God's promise. He was convinced of God's promise. Let me read from Hebrews 11, verses 17 through 19, only I'm going to read it from the William Barclay translation. It was through faith that Abraham, when he was tested, as good as offered up Isaac as a sacrifice to God, Isaac was his only son, and God had told him that the line of his descendants would descend through Isaac. Yet he was ready to offer him up in a sacrifice to God. He had reasoned it out that God could raise his son from, to life again, even from the dead. He was convinced. God said, I'm going to make a mighty nation of you. It's going to come through Isaac, this child of promise. And if God said it, that settled it. Abraham believed it. Now maybe God's called you to do something. Maybe he has called you to a ministry. Maybe he's called you to be a Sunday school teacher. Maybe he's called you to prophesy. Maybe he's called you to be used in some of the gifts of the Spirit to edify the body of Christ. Whatever God has called you to do, God knows all your weaknesses before he calls you. So it doesn't depend on your ability, only your availability. All you got to do is say, yes, God. And God will take you, this imperfect vessel, and he has a perfect plan where you can glorify him. But it's up to you because we are 
free moral agents, we have a free will and we can do whatever we want to do. Now, will you, like Abraham, do what he said and leave the results to God? Or will you say, uh-uh, you're not getting me into this? What are you going to, what's your response this morning? Are you going to follow God regardless of how you feel about it? If God said it, that ought to settle it. You know, most of us, we want, we want to glorify God, but we want to do it our way. Right? We want to do it in our time when we want to do it. See, we still want to control our lives. Can you trust God with your future? I think that's what God is trying to get across this morning. Can you trust God with your future? If you can trust God with your future, why don't you trust God with your future? Can you hold on to God and his promises regardless of the situation you're in? I mean, this was a terrible situation. Hey, I've waited 25 years. I finally can see light. I can finally see how it might be. And God says, take your son and offer him on the altar. Listen, how long are you going to keep God waiting? Abraham, when he was told immediately, chopped the wood, got the fire together, took a three-day journey, he was going to do what God said to do. When he was asked to leave uh, the Chaldees, he didn't say, well, now wait a minute. I need some maps, and I need you to, to call AAA and find out where all the good eating spots are at, and uh, I want to make sure that there's some good motels, AAA approved. I've had people uh, that... I've called them and asked them, you know, would you come and minister at our church? Why, sure. I want $150 a day, and I want a motel room, and I want my meals. And for every day after that, I want $200 a day. Well, you know how, how many of those guys I asked to come? If I got to wait on God and I've got to trust God to take care of my needs, they can trust God too. <clears throat> so I see here that Abraham 
He just believed God's promise. He had God's word for it. Well, let me ask you a question. Don't you have God's word? Hasn't God made a promise? Then why do you shy away? Why do you get all upset? Why do you worry? Is, is God in charge of your life or not? If he's in charge, let him be in charge. Well, the situations, that, you know, it's that neighbor of mine. It's that child of mine. Situations, God knew about the situation when he made the promise. All right, thirdly, I believe that Abraham believed God could do anything. I believe that he thought God all-powerful, all-knowing, just could do anything. In Jeremiah 32, 17, it says, Alas, Lord God, behold, you made the heavens and the earth by your power and your stretched out arm. There is nothing too hard or too wonderful for you. Boy, most of us could learn something. If we, if we just take that one verse and put it to memory. You made the earth. You made the heavens. There's nothing too hard. You can do anything. Jesus said in Matthew 19, 26, with God, all things are possible. Would you say that with me? With God, all things are possible. He didn't say some or few. It's all. A-L-L. -L. All things are possible. And because I can't understand how it's going to become or how it's going to happen doesn't mean that it won't happen, right? If God said it, then I have only to believe it. Amen? I can remember my daughter got her tooth knocked out by a golf club. And she came to me and she said, Dad, would you pray that God would give me a new tooth? Do you know where my faith was in praying for a new tooth? How many of you have ever been there? Well, I know that God can make the heaven and the earth. And I know God made that tooth to begin with. But put a new one in? How many could pray and pray a prayer of faith in, in that? God said to me, why don't you believe me? And I had to repent. But it didn't help me too much. She's still got a false tooth. Who knows? If I just had the faith of a little mustard seed. Who knows? Amen? Just a little mustard seed. If you have this faith of a little mustard seed, you can say unto this mountain, Be thou removed.
removed and cast into the sea, and it shall be done. Not only that, he said, nothing shall be impossible for you. If you just have a faith of a little mushroom, nothing shall be impossible for you. But, Lord, nothing shall be impossible for you. Hmm. All things are possible. And he believed God not only could, but he believed that God would. Hey, if God takes away this son, then he's just going to have to raise him up again because all the promises are in him. And so if I kill him, God will just raise him up again. He's able to raise him from the dead. He made him out of nothing to begin with. I guess he can make him all over again if he has to. Hallelujah. Boy, I, what tremendous faith. Abraham had God's word, and, and that he was going to make a great nation of him? That it would come through this child? And because he had God's word, he staggered not at the promises. Even though Sarah's womb had dried up, he was long past age. Hey, going to have a child of promise. He called the things that were not as though they were because that's the way God does it. If God says, I'm going to do it, God's going to do it. I don't care what it looks like. God's going to do it. Hallelujah. And I believe that's why... Abraham could take the most treasured possession he had and just hand it over to God because he believed God knew what was best. How many of us refuse to turn our children over to God? But this is my child. This is my son. This is my daughter. Turn him over to me. I'll take care of him. I can do it. Don't you believe me? Yeah, it looks like your son is never, 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 never going to be in church again. Looks like the end. Will you give him to me? Yeah, here he is, Lord. And then you walk right out and take him right back with you. How many of you dedicated your child at the altar here when they were little? The child belongs to who? God. And now you can't trust him. Child's become a little older. He's now hooked on some drug or he's, he's out there living in the world. Uh, Hey, did you give him to me? Did you give that daughter to me? 
If you gave that daughter to me, will you let me have her? Did you give that son to me? Well, how about let me do it then? Just leave it here. But because of the situation, boy, you don't understand, God. This is my flesh and blood. Hey, my whole life is wrapped up in this child. Don't you think Abraham thought about that? That grandchild, give it to God. Give it to God. Let God take care of it. Hallelujah. You know, one thing Abraham knew, he knew that a temporary setback couldn't stop the inevitable. He knew that his son was going to be this child of promise, that the, he was going to be the heir, that through him was going to come the results that he was looking for. And it didn't change anything because God's word said it. He believed it. And we're either going to believe God's word or we're not going to believe God's word. Amen? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy household. Was that just for a jailer? Or is that a word from God for us today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, if you'd waited 10 minutes, you could have gone went to the bathroom afterwards. Hallelujah. We have got to place it all on the altar. And regardless of what we see with our eyes, we've got to believe God. Now listen, God has been moving through this congregation while I've been talking, and he's speaking to some of you in a very special way. Some of you are very concerned about some things that you just need to turn them over to God. And once you turn it over to God, you'll be surprised at the, the results. We bind the hand of God simply because we will not release. We will not release that thing that God has told us to. Now, if you're one of those people 
that God's speaking to in here this morning. Would you just, let's have everyone stand for a moment. If you're one of those that God has said, I want you to release this to me, would you just come up and we're going to just form a line across here with people that have things to release to God. They're going to give them to God. And we're just going to take a, about five minutes in prayer right here in the front. Okay, thank you, Pat. Hallelujah, yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Doreen. Hallelujah. Come, come release. Come get this released. Just come bring it to, the, bring it to God this morning. Hallelujah. I just believe like Abraham, you're going to have to put it on the altar. Hallelujah. Put it on the altar. Oh, put it on the altar. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is dealing very strongly this morning. And God has made some, some wonderful promises. But they're no good unless we reach out and get them by faith. Hallelujah. Alice, you need to come and release that, that uh, grandson right up here. You don't need a special invitation, but come on up anyway. All right, come on up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Hallelujah. Father, Betty, would you come up too? Let, let, let's release curtain and yeah I know I know you come pray then and I'll stand in line because I haven't completely released them yet would you do that come pray hallelujah let's let's just release these things to God hallelujah oh praise you Lord oh God Father, how I hold on to these things that, Lord, I, I keep saying I release it. And then, God, the first thing I know, I'm worried about it, I'm holding it, I'm, I'm taking it back. God, I come confessing that I need to, re I need to have a release from it. I need to gi give it to you. I need to put it on the altar and leave it there. And, God, I... I don't want to be found binding the hands of God. I want that, Lord, you should be able to work in these situations. And, Lord, I'm, a, I'm so prone to try to run my own life. God, would you take these things that I'm bringing to you right now? Would you take them sons of mine? Would you take these this daughter, uh, uh, would, you, would you take these people that, that are being released to you right now? Lord, there's not only people that's being released, there's sicknesses. Hallelujah. God, we keep giving them to you, we keep taking them back. There, there's, there's things in our lives that just need a complete release. Lord, how we struggle and how we fight. God, forgive us.
forgive us. And Lord, would you take these things now? Would you give us complete release from them? May we even hear the voice from heaven this morning, even as, as Abraham heard that voice that said, now I know that you love me. You have given it to me, and now I know that you love me. Oh, praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you that your word is forever settled in heaven. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy household. Yes. Yes, take that husband. Take that wife. Hallelujah. Lord, that means if you're doing it, then I've got to stop trying to do it on my, my own. I've got to stop trying to do it. I've got to, no matter what the situation, I've got to allow you to have your way. May I? I I'm so... I'm so prone to interfering. God, let me not interfere in this situation anymore, but come to you in prayer with it. Just continually praying, believing. Hallelujah. 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 Father, we believe that you've heard us this morning. I believe there's been a mighty work done in here this morning. I just pray, God, as we go from this place, that, God, we would leave whatever it was that we brought to this altar, we'd leave it here at this altar. That we would go out and we'd have the peace that passes understanding, believing that on this first day of July, I put it right here on the altar. Hallelujah. And when I, when, the, when I try to take it back, just remind me, on the first day of July, you put it right there on the altar. Hallelujah. Lord, I'm so forgetful. Help me to remember that. Hallelujah. Would you just go with us now? Would you keep us in your ways? Let that peace that passes all understanding rule in our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. God's blessings go with you.